Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Chaotic Cinema. Thanks for the memories. Now I know at the end of the episode, we kind of cut it off pretty quick. And I'm sorry about that. But you've probably been dealing with a lot of anticipation. We won't keep you waiting. We're going to jump right into it. Here is part two of the Scream episode. The killer finds her in that house and he's in the closet and he starts chasing her while everyone else is at the other house. Now her boyfriend is outside, hears her screaming and the killer is in the house chasing her. Now he runs to the back of the house, she eventually gets out, then he goes into the house to chase the killer. Smart idea. I mean, he like, was like, in a frat, so he probably wasn't... Gary O'Connell. the smartest person ever. Yeah. He doesn't. He's got a dumb face and he's very handsome, so you want to hate him because it's like, it's her boyfriend, so you're like, it's going to happen again. Her boyfriend's going to be the killer. He runs into the house, gets a slash mark on his arm, and leaves a blood stain on a wall in an area that is in clear view of the door. So if he was wrestling and got like in an inner uh, confrontation with the killer, wouldn't Sydney have seen all of that happen? I think he was behind a door. He had to have put his arm out or something and smeared oh, it on the outside. Pothole. How could she have not have... We haven't been in this traumatic situation, so we don't know how we... She could have looked away and been like panicky. She, everything could have been foggy. We don't know. Um, so they he the killer escapes, okay? The cops show up just a little bit too late. Um, but as they get to the hospital, they're doing interviews with suspects at the hospital, all of Sydney's friends, everybody that she was around that night, okay? Um, but if you notice, the two people that weren't there were the two girls at the sorority house that lived there that all of this shit happened with. And as Dewey runs to see where the killer could have gone after he sees, finds Jerry O'Connell on the floor, those two girls are standing out front of the front door and they're like, is everything okay? Yet they're not there to be in it, like interviewed. Well, they didn't see anything. I think they just I know, walked but that's just the suspicious. back door right as Dewey came through. Yeah. Yeah, but Hallie and uh, all the other characters were at the other house watching the cops, yet they got interviewed. I don't know. These movies don't they make weren't sense even there. Sometimes. They really don't. I know. I know. We're going to move past that, um, and we are going to uh, talk about how, at this point, Sydney doesn't trust her boyfriend anymore um, because no one has been uh, suspected of being in a part of it yeah. you know besides him the cops are really just grilling him because his wounds on his arm are like barely missed like a vein that is very important you could bleed yeah out and from. he's the boyfriend which is very billy loomis and he's a boyfriend so yes everyone's expecting it to kind of be him okay now the thing is is he wants to prove his love to nev campbell so they have this sweet scene in the like the cafeteria area of the college and he sings um i think i love you and gives Sydney his uh, Greek letters, which is a big no-no. Um, and he will be punished for this by his fraternity brothers. And he does later in the movie. Um, but she, she ends up having that connection with him and still like trusting him. Well, at this point, Courtney Cox and David Arquette are trying with Randy are trying to figure out who the killer is. And they're standing in like the quad of the college, okay? Now this is where the fans got really mad, okay? Because Dewey and Courtney uh, are with Randy and uh, he gets a phone call and um, he's talking to the killer. And so Courtney Cox or Gail Weathers and uh, Dewey are walking around trying to find everyone that's in like the quad on the phone to try to figure out if they're yes. the killer. 
And at this point, um, Randy is on the phone with the killer, insulting them and talking about the two killers from the first movie and really just bashing them, okay? Now, at this point, he's been doing his own investigation, trying to find people on the phone while he's on the phone. And he's made his way to the news van. Um, and he says something about Stu Billy. or about Billy that, really, Billy that really makes the killer angry, okay? This should have been our first sign that, uh, but we didn't know who that character was. We'll get into it. Um, Randy gets pulled into the news van and gets killed, okay? While Gail Weathers and Dewey are still looking for people. Now, this is the part in the movie, Lindsay, you can tell me more. Um, people were really angry that Randy yes, died. Yes, the fans loved Randy. They just loved him. So, to the point where when this happened and he was killed, the fans were so upset that in the third one, they wanted to write in a part where his family, he survived and he, his family were, was hiding him somewhere so that he could come back for the third movie. But that was pretty unrealistic. And I yeah. think everyone realized that. Yeah. Um, now, Randy doesn't survive. And this is a point in the movie where Nev really starts uh, closing herself in emotionally. She's building up a lot of walls with everyone. The only person she really trusts the entire movie besides uh, Gail Weathers and uh, Dewey is Hallie. Hallie is with her every step of the way. Anytime the cops need to take Sydney somewhere, Hallie is with them. You Which know? is, I don't understand why she trusts her more than anyone else. It could very well have been Hallie. No, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, the characters her character was so likable in the movie and that was when uh black women were getting the chance to be leads uh and not it wasn't like it it was her sassy black friend that everyone really loved she was like kind of the comic relief for sydney and made things less uh like uh, made things less serious yeah. you know what i mean and so Nev Campbell, uh, the night of the killings, um, her boyfriend and her have an interaction right before she gets in the back of a cop car, okay? And Hallie comes out and is in the back of the cop car with Nev. Um, and they she hugs uh, her boyfriend. And then right after she leaves, um, you see these caped creatures running in the, like, the grass. And it's his fraternity brothers dressed in, like, Greek clothes. Um, and they are punished. They're about to punish him for giving away his Greek letters. And by the way, they punish him is taking him to the theater, having a drinking party and tying him up to a set piece and riding all over his body. And then they uh, eventually, once the party is done, they did a hell of a cleanup job because when at the end of the movie, which comes back in the theater, there's not that many alcohol bottles. If there was a rager going on, it would have been way dirtier than that, you know? <laughs> no, and it was another plot hole in the movie. It was. And so Neb eventually, after um, escaping the car that she's in the back of the cop car, uh, both her and Hallie have to climb over the killer, okay? Um, and they do everything wrong. They uh, honk the horn really fucking loud when he's right there. Um, and it could have wake woken him up. Um, and they climb over him and eventually get out. Now Nev wants to see who the killer is. So she goes back and Hallie says girl people who go back die okay so you're thinking in your mind she's gonna get to this car and uh she is going to like something bad's gonna happen she gets to the car and the killer is no longer in the car and sydney is like he's not here and hallie says what and then all of a sudden right behind hallie comes the killer and stabs her right in her chest okay so nev campbell runs to the theater and she, her major is theater she's an actress now in this movie uh 
Yes, that's the first thing I would do if I was in a traumatic experience. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to use this for Let's art. talk about my favorite person. I think this is a good time to bring up my favorite person in this movie, which is Hallie. Yes. Because she's loyal. Because first of all, why are you even still around Sydney? She, all her friends died. What are you doing? No one ever lives. And then she goes in the cop car with her oh, yeah. to go wherever to the hiding house she was going to go to. Knowing this guy was coming yeah. after Sydney, he wasn't gonna stay on campus and kill people. Yeah. So she's the real MVP of this whole movie. She is. Um, I will tell you. I'll segue this because um, my favorite character in the movie also happens to be African American, and I love the representation in the movie. Um, it is her new camera oh, no. guy. Um, I, I I just love him because that's uh, th if you remember in the first movie, uh, Sydney punched Gail Weathers and the cameraman was like filming it. And so in this movie, the same kind of situation happens with Gail Weathers and Sydney. And Hallie says a very funny line, which she's like, did you get that on film? And he's like, yes, I got that on film. <laughs> it's, it's, he's really funny. Plus when he finds uh, Randy in the back of his, uh, his van, he's like, who busted my windows before they open the door? And then when they open the door, he passes out, <laughs> which is a real thing that most people would do yes. if they saw a dead body. That's yeah. realistic as fuck to me. And he was funny and he didn't want to be there. The whole movie, he's like, okay, listen, like all these white people dying, I'm not trying to be a part of it. And I really respect, you got to have some comedy oh, yeah. in the movie as yeah. well, you know? So what happens now is Nev Campbell runs away after her best friend Hallie was killed in the movie. Um, stop yeah. having best friends. They're just going to die. Um, she runs to the theater. And as soon as she walks into the theater, she should know something is up because there is um, music playing from the show that she's currently in, which is Macbeth. Um, and it's playing. So someone has to be there to have turned yeah. it on. You know what I mean? Um, she still feels comfortable enough to go in that creepy ass setting and go on stage. And then all of a sudden her boyfriend drops from the set piece that he was tied to. Okay. Now at this point, Ghostface appears. And this is when you find out who one of the killers is in this movie. And it is, uh, I forget his name. Mickey. Okay. The, uh, the other version of yeah, Randy the less in this fun movie. Version of Randy. The one who's like, who his competition is in the theater yeah. class that they're in or whatever the movie. Okay, so you find out that this guy is really fucked up and he pitches a story to Nev as her boyfriend is tied up and helpless that um, her boyfriend had something to do with it and that her, her boyfriend left him at a certain point in the night and he had to do everything himself. Now this is where Nev is also not trusting anyone. So her boyfriend who's tied up is getting really angry and is like, he gets so fed up that he's like, I'm going to kill you talking to Mickey. And then uh, he shoots him. Mickey shoots him and he dies there. And that's when Nev realized that he had nothing to do with it because then Mickey right, tells right. him that or tells her that. Okay. Now this is where shit goes a little weird. Uh, you, he had to have got, had an accomplice because he's a college student and dumb as fuck. Okay. Um, so he had to have somebody who was pulling the strings, the mastermind. This, he was clearly just the stew of this situation, yeah. you know, and get ready for this. And so, and get ready for this. There was another reporter, the entire movie who is fangirling over Gail Weathers, basically just trying to give it any information from her as they can. And anytime that she is interviewing Gail in front of other um, news people, she pitches stories to them to sidetrack them from, she places bugs in their ear on like, oh, this is probably why 
the person is probably from Woodsboro. I just thought if it happened in Woodsboro, they're probably from Woodsboro. So all these other news people are placing that together. And Cotton Weary has had already been accused by Sydney. And in this movie, he confronts her and has like screaming matches with her in a uh, library right after she got a message on the computer saying that she was going to die. Okay. So it's placing him as the killer as revenge. Okay. So her placing all these uh, like seeds of doubt in people and all the other reporters saying like, Oh, it's probably someone from Woodsboro. It's her trying to make sure that people are leading it back to, it could have been yeah, cotton, but it wasn't cotton, but it wasn't cotton because aunt guess who it was? Jackie. It was aunt Jackie. Aunt fucking Jackie from Roseanne, okay? She wanted to stretch her she wanted to stretch her acting wings and do something different, okay? And she came into this movie and as soon as she walks through the set and you realize that she is the other killer because right Courtney Cox walks out right before her. So everyone is immediately shocked in the theater thinking like oh, it's Courtney Cox, like how could Gail Weathers do this? But then Courtney like shakes her head, no, there's no like dialogue. And then right after that, yeah. Aunt Jackie walks out, okay? And you realize that Sydney's next line is Mrs. Loomis? Billy Loomis's mom. Yes, okay. So it harks also back to Friday the 13th where like uh, Jason Voorhees died because none of the counselors were watching him and he drowned in the lake. And his mom was the actual killer in the movie. This is like kind of a, a, a yell back yep. to that. You know what I mean? It's always the mom. And so I think... It's always mom. You fuck with someone's babies unless they're <laughs> our mom, then they are going to come Oh, she'll come for you. No, just kidding. Um, she will. Just to, just to fill her time, you know. Um, no, so then you realize uh, that she is the killer and um, that the she is getting revenge on Sydney, okay? So she uh, shoots Mickey, okay? Her accomplice, okay? Because that is how her plot for this movie is like laying out. She needs him so she can be like, okay, he's one of the people that went crazy with this other right. co-killer. You know what I mean? And so it makes sense. They can, once, if they saw that he was dead, they would track it back to the fact that they both had met on that like right. website for killers, you know? That's how, and so they could look back into his, co his computer history and CSI that shit and figure out that he was a part of that like community and that would probably be damning evidence for him, okay? Um, and so this was a way for her, Billy Loomis's mom to get away with it by like killing all these people, luring Cotton Weary there to confront the situation and uh, also having like him there so they could blame it on Sydney and yep. their old past, you know what I mean? And it doesn't turn out that way because as you could, as you've learned in the first one, Sydney is a fighter, bitch. She, um, she is coming in and she doesn't give a fuck. She is going to do whatever it takes to survive. Um, in the midst of all the action, Courtney Cox gets shot and falls into like the, uh, the band pit of the, th of the theater. Um, so you think she's dead, but you shouldn't have because in the first one, she also got shot and she survived. Yeah, I mean, she's not going to die. Yeah. This bitch is just like eating bullets cat. at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> She is great. Um, they even It's funny you say that because even Cotton Weary is like, you have so many lives after he like saves her from like the, the yeah. band pit or whatever. Um, now, at the end of this movie, there are a couple of quick scares, okay? Uh, Billy Loomis's mom after being shot um, by Cotton Weary after Nev Campbell and him make a deal to be a, finally be on Diane Sawyer. Yeah. The line that gets him to shoot 
uh, Aunt Jackie is um, uh, consider it done. And then he just shoots her instead, okay? Um, and so there's a cheap scare where Billy Loomis's mom comes back up after they had just mentioned uh, the killers never die. All the cast is saying that. And then uh, Mickey jumps up and they shoot him. And then Nev Campbell shoots uh, Billy Loomis's mom in the head. And she's like, just to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to make sure. Because in these movies, yeah. you can't really... Yeah. You can't really gauge. And it's driving you know? Nev Campbell a little, Sydney, a little bit crazy, I think. Each movie. Mm-hmm. It is. She's going crazy. It is. And so the next movie we're just going to jump into is uh, Scream 3. I'm going to say this right it now. It was terrible. Say anything. Oh, this okay. is one of my favorites. <laughs> Scream 3. Um, it is set in Hollywood, okay? So they are making a uh, third installment to the Stab series, okay? So the first two were based off of the actual events of what happened, I'm sure. The third one is um, directors buying out the franchise and just rewriting whatever the fuck they want, okay? It's their yeah. own story, you know? And they cast Cotton Weary in the movie, okay? Um, And Cotton Weary at the beginning of this movie is driving home and is in traffic, okay? In Hollywood, because guess what? He is a reality talk show host, okay? He is the new Jenny Jenny Jones. Jones. Jenny Jones, Jesus. Ricky Lake. I know, I know. Shut up. I was born in 87. Whatever. Jenny Jones (laughs) had better stories. Um, Okay, so he's driving home and he gets a call. Um, And this is where the voice box for the killer changes, because in this movie, the voice box can be any person that they have recorded their voice before. And this voice box will change their voice to that person. Okay, so this girl calls him and is uh, like, oh, I think I have the wrong number, but you sound like somebody that's on TV. Okay, now Cotton Weary is probably hard and in traffic because he avoids his other call that he was on and tries to you can tell it's a very flirty conversation that he's having with yeah he he's a pig yeah i mean i hate to be men bashing on this podcast but he doesn't show it it, him and who is the other one oh Stu. they just talk to other women when they have their wives or girlfriends right there no yeah yeah, it's weird. It's uh, it's peculiar. But I will say that um, he ends up going home and um, the lady switches her voice on the phone and he realizes that he's talking to the killer, a new killer, someone who, because uh, the killers from the other movies are already dead. So this is somebody that's trying to bring back the saga of Scream, which is so... Um, I just love that it's set in Hollywood and that they're really trying to capitalize on this story. And now it's happening in Hollywood. And the person, the person who's the killer is basing their killings off of the scripts that have already been written for this new movie. And there's been like three or four different like scripts that have gone out. So there's multiple people that could be potentially be dying. So you are always looking out for two people at one time to like, which one of them is going to, which script are they going yeah. with, essentially? And so he ends up going back and trying to help his wife, okay? Now, his wife and him apparently have some sexual game where he pretends that he is the killer and they Yikes. fuck afterwards. Because she, she mentions at one point, like, you're taking the game too far. What is this game? What Very weird, weird shit? It's weird. Con- uh, his name is weird. weird. I would Con- weary. Never. I hate it. 
No, I did. Yeah, because you're kind of weary about it. Right. That was a Brandon joke. Am I going to like him? Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Brandon, for teaching me. Um, okay, so his girlfriend dies, and then eventually he dies. And that is how Sydney finds out. Once again, she is secluded at a house in the middle of a fucking wooded area. And it's very, like, she's just trying to take every precaution she can to make yep. sure that no one finds out who she is. She has a new job where she is a uh, suicide hotline. Uh, like Talking uh, to strangers on them? the phone. What? Yeah. About near death experience. Maybe go work with kids. You know what I mean? Like something that doesn't have to do with death or traumatic experiences. It's just like I would never choose that if I was like, oh, I was almost killed. Cool. I'm gonna talk to people on how they can get through yeah. almost being killed. You know what I mean? Like No. That wouldn't be my job title. Now she is um no one knows where she is except for like her close people like Dewey is I think the only person who knows where she is actually located. The killer is trying to find her. That's why he is killing these people that are part of this movie that is based off of the events because it is perfect timing and it will be released in the news and she'll be able to, it'll scare her. She'll see it and hopefully she'll be able to figure out where, or the killer will be able to yep. figure out where she scare is. Scare her you know? out. Yeah, scare her out of hiding. Um, and the thing is, is that um, in this movie, she eventually gets scared out of hiding because he finds her. He makes a call to her home line. Okay. And this is after a couple people who have already been cast in the movie are already like dying left and right. Okay. So it's a stereotypical setup of people keep dying. And that's when things get heightened is when people realize that this isn't just like a one-time incident. This yeah. is people like dying. So Nev comes out of hiding and shows up to the police department. And this is where things get fun, okay? Because Gail Weathers gets to meet her uh, counterpart who is cast as her in the movie, okay? Um, this is this is where I'm going to segue to my favorite character from the movie, uh, Parker Posey. Uh, yeah. Okay. I love her because she is much like Gail Weathers. She is a host of a... Uh, entertainment tonight and she's trying to still be an actress or whatever and so she is just if you know any of Parker Posey's work she is very um she's very funny yes she's very she dry humor and I I love that about her I just love her um I think that it, she is so funny in this movie and so she ends up thinking at one point the next person to die is supposed to be Gail Weathers in the movie. So she goes anywhere with Gail Weathers to make sure that if the killer is following them, he is going to kill Gail Weathers and not her. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he has the option of killing like one or the other. So that's her way of thinking she's going to be safe. I think that she is one of the whiniest, bitchiest, entitled characters of the entire franchise. But she is, um, she goes back into the house when the killer is at her house trying to find them. And she's like, I need to go to the fax machine. She's so excited to go to the fax machine and see what like the next part of the script is, you know? Um, and uh, people end up dying. Uh, you start getting new suspicions on who could be the killer. Is it Sydney in the movie? Is it the new person cast as Sydney in the movie? She has a lot of scenes where the movie gets shut down and she tries to take home souvenirs, such as the mask and a voice changer Plot and a twist. telephone. She was supposed to be the second one. And I what? guess they just Why? didn't like okay, it. Okay, tell me more. Because in this movie, there is only one killer. They toyed with the idea of doing a yes. second killer, and she was the one. But for some reason, they just 
they scrapped yeah. it. They just wanted the one. I guess because when you find out who the killer is, it well, brings more. Yes. Makes sense that it's just that I guess. Person. Yeah. And I think I think that the other thing that there we have to keep in mind is that uh, Randy comes back in this movie and has recorded a video of him telling uh, the other survivors. Yeah, which is from, only uh, for the Randy fans. Yes, but that would make sense why they changed the story at the end because that is just telling. Uh, in that video, Randy is saying, "If you survived, um, then this. If the killer comes back, then it could either be another sequel or it could be a part of a trilogy where right. things change and everything's different." So I think that's why they might have been like, "Okay, we're not going to have a second killer because it's a part of a trilogy." Right. They were planning to end it then. And they were like, okay, now this movie, we're only going to have one killer just to throw everyone off because everyone's expecting if they've seen any other scream that there's yeah. going to be two killers. I yeah, I, that's the only logical like yeah. thing I can think of. I just you hate know? this movie. I know it's your favorite. It, it's my, it's, it's tied with another one at the bottom. Yeah, no. that we haven't got to yet. Yeah. I think the reason I like this movie the most, and it's probably because I am a comedian, um, is there is a lot more funny tongue-in-cheek jokes in this one. It is very, it's very much like a comedic horror movie as opposed to the other ones. They did have comedy in this, them, but this one is the one that like, they leaned a hard amount into the comedy. And so that's why I think I liked it. Plus, when they get to the end, um, people have died. She's starting to not trust. Nev Campbell is at the police station and all of these people, because the movie has been shut down, all these people are having a birthday party for the director um, at the uh, house yeah. of Milton. The, 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 uh, the, the, the um, Harvey Weinstein of the movie. Yes, I love that. Um, I love that we can use that as like a like a noun Which in the vocabulary. I think, I think just the screen the Weinstein brothers, I think, made the screen movies. I think so. Uh-huh. I'll have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure they had something to do with it. Yeah, that's wild. Um, another thing about this movie is at the end of the movie, Nev Campbell gets coaxed into coming to the party at the house um, because the killer calls her and the uh, Dewey and Gail Weathers are on the other line of the phone. Like, uh, and it sounds yes. like being let me just say something because we've skipped over this whole big part while she's in California. She's finding out that her mom was this actress. Yeah. But he also, he did that because he felt like her mom left him and then just went to this new family and uh, yeah, I get why he did it, but it her over him. Not healthy. Yeah, yeah simple uh, Zoom simple, chat would have you know, solved everything. 23 you know me. I mean? A little Zoom. Yeah, 23 me. Well, at the end of this, um, Neb gets shot and they play this music that is always the music in the movie that is like, it's about to wrap up and it's super dramatic and it's always after someone really yes. important dies, such as Randy. They played this movie, this music, and you have to keep in mind that Nev Campbell just left a police station right before she got here. She stole a police officer's car to get to the location. And what else do police have? She obviously doesn't mind stealing, okay? So she puts on a bulletproof vest, and you don't know that until at the end of the movie, she gets up, and she yes. ends up killing her own brother. What I've dreamed about. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. We- <laughs> Shut up. I know she's talking about Brandon. Um. 
Now with this movie, there is a large gap. Scream 3 mm -hmm. was in 2000. Okay, that's when that one was released. Scream 4 came out okay. more than 10 years later. So I think it was one of those things that they're trying to like, uh, this worked right. a decade ago, so let's try to like revamp it and make it something that people, and they did a good job of that. I will say that this is probably the movie that we'll talk about the least, because I'm pretty sure that yeah, this is both just, me and one Lindsay's those, least uh, favorite of the screens. It was all right. I have nothing positive or negative to say about it. <laughs> it was okay. I do. Um, we will get there quick. at the end of this quick explanation. I'm not going to run through it. Well, this one's going to be really quick because this is the basic setup of the first movie. Um, Emma Roberts is the new Sydney. Okay. She is even Sydney's niece. Okay. So she is the new Sydney in this situation. She has a boyfriend at the beginning of the movie who cheats on her with somebody else and she had already had sex with him. And so now it's very much the right. Billy Loomis and Sydney like energy. Okay, so basically the situation runs down. Sydney comes back to town. She's a famous writer now. She's writing a book um, and she comes to town. And as soon as she comes to town, people in the town start dying again. Okay, um, and so all of Emma Roberts' friends uh, start dying. And Emma Roberts' best friend in this movie is Hayden Pianetier. I don't know. A last name that her parents should have made less complicated. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but yeah, she's in this movie and uh, all of her friends start dying. Um, it gets to the end scene. They even have a scene in the movie where uh, all of these kids uh, have the same situation. They're released from school and have an early curfew. But guess what they decide to do? Instead of having a party, they have a stab marathon where they go and yeah, where they go and they rent out a fucking barn on Airbnb and they fucking show all of the stab movies as a marathon when it's completely yeah. unsafe outside where there's a killer on the loose, okay? Um, now, Dewey and uh, Gail's relationship in this movie is a little estranged. This is when in they start life, having like, combative relationships. I think this is probably when they're... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they rewrote their life into it. Um, but they're still trying to do what they normally do by investigating as much as they can. I will say that in this movie, Dewey and doesn't have as much of a limp as, as he does as in, the he is in the other movies. He's in charge now. He isn't. And yeah, I just, I hate his uh, partner. Oh, the girl yeah, keeps yeah. making She's fucking to get with him. sweets for him. She is. She was also in Sugar and Spice as the mm. lead. She was really good in that movie. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, but yeah, in this movie, once it gets towards the end, um, you realize that all of the killers are two students from the high school, okay? And the, the students from the high school have been taping every death that has happened. They have cameras now. It's moved into a decade later. So all of this technology is advanced. Um, and so they have all of these uh, killings actually recorded and they plan to release it as like a... A, a new video that can like scare people and like bring it into the new Macaulay world, Culkin's you know? brother Kieran Culkin oh yeah what's his name oh Kieran Culkin yes he ends up uh having uh a her really name in the, in the movie is Kirby terrible so you pick one's worse her real name Kirby yeah or like Kirby. a Kirby garbage now um i will say i'll segue this since uh we're almost done talking about this movie that uh, jill is my favorite kirby is my favorite because in this movie. she's such a psycho 
No, this is where we have a problem. Okay, so at the end of the movie, you realize um, it's very much set up like the end of the first Scream where uh, Nev Campbell is in a house with uh, two people that are dressed in the Scream outfits. And uh, it's pretty much a play-by-play. The boyfriend is in the closet all taped up instead of Sydney's dad uh, as the cover-up of who the killer was. Um, And the problem with this movie is uh, Kieran Culkin ends up stabbing Hayden as she helps him get out of the chair that was similar to the chair that uh, Casey's boyfriend was sitting in when he died. Okay. So it's the same rundown. She has all these questions that are asked to her by Ghostface. Uh, She, at the end, the last question, she just lists off every horror movie she knows. And so she thinks that she has mentioned the right answer and she doesn't hear anything on the other line. So she goes outside to untape him. Now, when she untapes him, he's an asshole and stabs her and kills her. And it's like, he basically kills her and it's like, you, this is too late now. It's too late. Like, I I liked you for so long. And now it's just like, yeah, it's, it, it that, is dumb. It's that's dumb. why I like Macaulay Culkin better. But then you find out who the other killer is as Sydney's trying to escape the house. Um, and then she, this person unmasks yeah. themselves and you find out that it's yeah. Emma Roberts. Okay. Her own, her own niece, her own niece who is sick of living in the shadow of her famous aunt who almost got killed she wants to be the new sydney she wants that like recognition so she makes this whole plan with kieran culkin to um have this whole thing play out and at the end she kills kieran culkin uh just so she could be the sole survivor that's her whole thing it's like that's when it people get impacted yeah, by it the she, most she's not wrong the last one yeah but the way after she shoots Neff Campbell and the cops are out in the way, you can hear the police sirens. She literally holds a knife <laughs> to her chest and runs into a fucking wall. It is the dumbest, it is the dumbest thing. It's so dumb. Well, how it works out is Neff Campbell actually didn't die, but um, Emma Roberts thinks she did. And they're both at the hospital recovering at the same time. And then Dewey lets Emma Roberts know that um, Sydney's okay, that she's touch and go, but she is still alive and she's in the hospital. This pisses Emma Roberts off, okay? So she goes and finds Sydney in her bed and tries to take advantage of the situation. It doesn't work out. She ends up dying, okay? Because guess who saves the day again? <laughs> Goddamn Courtney Cox. Always Gail time. Weathers. Every time. It doesn't matter. You can't do anything to her. You can't do And in this, let's touch on this. In this movie, oh. Gail Weathers has had a lot of work done. She's had yes, but a I mean, shit ton of work done in her real life. Their own. To each their own. Get it, Courtney Cox. Um, but yes, in this movie, this is my least favorite movie. Um, I will say that uh, I like that they they continued. I liked some of the stuff about the movie, like the fact that the killers were taping it. Uh, j- but there were too many things in this movie that I was like, this seems yeah, I, 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 there's no difference between that one and three to me because both of the killers make no sense. And you're gonna you're gonna hear my opinion. Also, with three, I forgot to mention that Matthew Lillard did an interview in 2009 and said the original idea for Scream Three was that he that Stu didn't die and he was in jail and he was orchestrating all these killings from jail, which would have been made more sense than a long lost fucking brother that came out of nowhere. At least you're pulling it back to the first one. No, yeah, but then how could Stu have I don't made know. all there's these a conversations lot of, with all these There's a lot of jail. plot holes in all of this. Why would he have a long... Oh, 
why would his, this mom go off no, to yeah. be an actor somewhere and no one knew about it? Now she, come on. No, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it is. The, I think the thing that we've realized now that we're at the tail end of this um, is it, the Scream is so pivotal because uh, it was pivotal enough that they brought it back 11 years later to make mm -hmm. a, a new series into it. Um, and it's yep. uh, there's a Scream 5 coming yes. out um, in 2022. Okay, um, now, Lindsay, I'm going to go refill my um mimosa and you are going to fill this out you're going to tell us what you know about um the 2022 new installment of scream 5 and what you think you the plot okay. is going to be about or um what i like it to be know about. that courtney cox david arquette and nev campbell are coming back for scream 5 other than that they're being very you know like with the other movies they're being very secretive about the plots and all of that I don't really know a plot. I personally think that it has, should have nothing to do with Sydney and that Nev Campbell shouldn't come back. I think that it should be just a whole movie about a new killer. It can still be the Scream guy, but why can't you make it, you know, about a new cast of characters, new killers, new problems, and still make it you know, nobody knows who the killer is. I think personally, and this is my unpopular opinion, that Sydney should have died in Scream 2. Yes, tell us it. I don't, because then everything has to be connected to Sydney. When they could just make a Scream movie like this, they could make them about high school students in numbers. They can make a Scream 6 about a new group of high school students. Why does it have to be about Sydney? I think Sydney should have died and Randy should have lived. And Randy could be like the all-knowing like right. horror movie. Person. But then Sydney is he, nothing. Sydney is just she's just a victim. And I know yeah. this whole screen for she's not the victim anymore. She's still a victim. No, yeah. But I think in all of the movies, she showed like a lot of strength. She is the one who you want to root for. You know what I mean? She's been through all this and she's still surviving. And I also think that would, in your opinion, probably they're probably going to have it. It's probably going to be your kid or something that's being. Yeah, it's it's got to relate to that town because I think if they they shot it and it was just like a high school situation where like people were killing each other unless it took place in that like scenario in like that town it wouldn't make sense well, that, because like it, why it, would it, we, it wouldn't so call, be called scream anymore be like, everything has to be has to connect to some way to Sydney so that just limits what they can do because I mean what her, you know how many family members is she gonna fucking have I mean No, yeah. Well, I don't know if you have looked at uh, 23 and Me. I understand that, but that's that, so but, um, stupid. Families are a treat. That, I mean, it's just, <laughs> how many, uh, no, Scream yeah, yeah. 27 about but I think Sydney's great, 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 great grandson getting toward, I mean, come on. It's yeah. like. Yeah, right after the second Holocaust. Yeah, you know it, I mean? it's like, it doesn't you know, make sense. Some... And it's just getting Weird. predictable. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, this has been a movie that obviously we both feel really passionate about the series in general. Like I said, this, we went to every new one as it came out. My mom would take us to the theaters, um, and we would watch it together. This is pivotal for me because this is what the nineties were about. This is what I think about when I think of the nineties, when I think of the nineties, the movies I think about are like, can't hardly wait, scream. Um, the just movies that like really shaped the nineties and, even though we don't agree with all of the things that happened in all of the remakes and everything like that, we can agree that this movie is so important to us that we took the chance to watch every single one of them, even if there was yeah, a chance I mean, that I don't it could like have been bad. Theory, you know I what I mean? That's how you know you love it. Every year. Yeah. Now this yeah, is the point as we're wrapping up. Thank you guys for listening to us chatter for so long. Um, we really appreciate it. Lindsay, this is her first time doing a podcast. Mine as well. I'm used to doing online comedy, so this is not too far of a stretch uh, for me, but this is something that I didn't know how it was going to work out with my sister, but I'm very happy that we have been able to equally... I probably talked more because I was explaining everything. Um, Obviously, it is. It's just... Is it about me? (laughs) It's not? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. It's not about me. It's about Sydney, your favorite. No, I'm just kidding. But um, now we're going to get to the point of the show right before we wrap this up and give you uh, details on what's coming up next. We are going to uh, rank the movies from uh, our favorite to the least okay, favorite. My, my favorite. Um, so I'm going to let Lindsay go It's not going to be very first. interesting. My favorite is Scream 1. My second is Scream 2. And then Scream 3 and 4 are tied for my least favorite. Just because Scream 3 was awful. I just didn't like the, I didn't like the plot. I didn't like anything about it. And Scream 4 was just boring to me. It was just like, okay, we get it. You had to make the killer a woman. So we get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is true. It's never been yeah. a woman besides uh, Billy Loomis's mom. And she was kind of the one that was like orchestrating everything. Uh, the cool thing about these movies is I try to think about like, as the killings were happening in the movies, who were the people that, that were the killers in those movies that actually killed like oh. each person? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like who, and that's something that like, now that I've seen this movie so many times, I start to like break that down. I'm like, right. well, who she, did we see right before this Randy. scene that couldn't have Billy possibly Lewis's been? Mom. No, yeah, for sure. Um, but that's the thing is even after you're done watching these movies, you could still go back and try to figure yeah. out, oh, this part is very yeah. obvious that it's the killer. There's always something new to find. And that's what I really love about it. Um, unfortunately, Wes Craven will not be a part of the uh, fifth movie because he is no longer with us. Um, and he is, we just have to take a moment about the fact that he is a icon, period. He invented some of the scariest things yes. to us. Uh, Freddy Krueger and Scream are on the top but he has also done a lot of other I'm horror scared. movies that my sister probably hasn't seen. Um, but <laughs> I'm just so scared. Um, we were originally going to do- I just can't handle it. All that negativity. My said, I don't want to have nightmares. The next podcast we're doing, we're doing yeah. some positive movie. No, I feel that. I do. Yeah, we will. We will still talk. All these movies, like I said, uh, this movie or this show is called Chaotic Cinema. Uh, thanks for the memories. And it's about- everyone in dealing with traumas that have happened in their life um, from a young age and realizing that like there were movies that while these things were going on, we used as either a distraction or the things that were uh, pivotal in us um, that we remember enough to talk about it because there's so much of our childhood, everyone that we shut out and don't want to think about. And in that like 
cloudy fog, there's movies that we do remember and there's a reason. So this show is to make childhood trauma make it and trauma in general something easier for people to talk about. Something... Make it fun. Talk about a movie that really helped you get through those traumatic times. We just chose a horror movie because our life was one. No, you know. <laughs> no but um, this, this show will be coming out every I'm two really weeks. I'm really proud of you too. Um, Lindsay, I'm really proud of you. You did really wonderful tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Words my mother said, never said. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, yeah, we are going to, you're going to find out more about us each episode. We're going to share a little bit about our lives every time. Um, and you're going to grow to love us or hate us. Either way, you're still listening. So that's great. Um, but yeah, now we are going to end it. Um, this is where we're going to sign off every time is name your favorite i don't know necessarily if it was the stupidest the killing but it frustrates me every single time and that yeah. is casey becker's death in the first one when she is running she sees the parent's car and then he chokes her to where she can't scream or anything but she's literally at the end of the the porch and stabs her, her, her in mom the got her right there she could have thrown the phone and made some kind of noise that they turned around. That's exactly. Even, but the, another part of that, um, the throwing the phone is something I think everyone thinks is she was literally at the edge of the porch. She could have seen her parents yes. and their parents could have seen her if she would have just thrown Even the if phone. Even she tapped I know her the neck phone was, on She the, couldn't have said anything at that noise. point because her neck was already stabbed. <laughs> Beeped it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also in that scene, right before she even gets stabbed, she is, uh, she had just lit the fire in the kitchen and she sees yeah. him come into the kitchen, uh, the scream killer. And she is ducking behind the do uh, the window, like low, so he can't see her. And that's when she sees her parents' car for the first time. Why wouldn't you immediately yeah. bolt then? Why wouldn't you have run that way? That wasn't yeah. in, and like, the shot of windows, you know what I mean? Breathe. You weren't even stabbed at that point. She stopped. You got to breathe. Bitch, you don't got time to breathe. Yeah, your boyfriend has just been complete. His uh, intestines are falling yeah, out on your fucking that's, I just get frustrated um, I would keep her at the end of that running, goddamn you know? I'm just yelling at my screen. Throw the fucking phone. You have a phone in your hand. Tap on the table. Uh, there, tap on the... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would say... Something. I don't know, yeah. I'd say that my least, uh, the one that I think is, that I hate the most, I'm just going to say the one I hate the most, is when Hallie dies. Because Hallie oh, was, was literally her telling her to not go back to the fucking car. Yeah. She was this, she was sensible as fuck. And she was the only, out of everyone who's been uh, Sydney's friend in any of these movies, yeah. I feel like that was the truest friend she had, period, in any of them. She was there in her with their time of need. She never made her feel like uh, she was overreacting from anything that was going on, like Tatum did in the first one. That she just has had a slew of friends that were like not the best. Well, Randy you know, was a good kind friend. Of I know I keep bringing it back Hallie to Randy, like I'm in some Randy ever. fan club. <laughs> no, yeah, I like Randy too, but I'm just saying, like. The killing of Randy was fucked up enough so that they almost rewrote the third one in order yeah. to make it seem like he was has been saved and is somewhere else. But I'm saying Hallie, Hallie is the character that like at right. no point in any of the movies did I ever s suspect her as the killer. 
I always thought that she was like a good hearted person that was literally just trying to help her friend. And I just think that it's, it's just sad that she's the one who's like, don't go back to the car. If, yeah. I, if she would have went back to the car, I would have been like, okay, I'm going to yeah, continue you later. Uh, you can catch up when you catch up. But um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the one I don't like the most, but this is the way we're going to end every episode. We're going to talk about our least favorite killing in the movie and that's how we're going to end it you guys are going to go to sleep with nightmares tonight but thank you for listening to the first podcast uh of many uh yeah I doing this well. for a while it went so well Lindsay, you thought it went well <laughs> I think we're gonna end so every podcast yeah. with our favorite <laughs> killing what if uh-huh. we nobody get killed like in the that. movie we're talking about <laughs> but yeah you guys have a wonderful night thank Bye. you guys for listening to chaotic cinema thanks for the memories Thank you guys so much for listening to Chaotic Cinema. Thanks for the memories. We have a happier movie coming next week. It is a cult classic. I don't know if you guys know about it, but it's very Minnesota. Um, It's called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, it's good. And I'm positive that after next week's episode, it might make you drop dead. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) 